American football is the most popular sport in America. It dominates as one of the nation's pastimes at the high school, collegiate, and professional levels of play. According to a survey by Gallup, who first asked the question in 1937, 37% of Americans say that football is their favorite sport to watch. That's over one-third of the viewers out of four major American sports in hockey, soccer, basketball, and of course football. The sport, with its large rosters, complicated play, and hard-hitting make it quite attractive to all ages, me personally as well. Not only is it the ultimate team sport, it offers a role for every size and build of a person. However, with the relatively recent discovery of CTE in football players, parents and health officials are evaluating the safety of the sport for its youngest and smallest members. Despite issues with the sport that should and are being addressed, I believe that children of all ages should have access to tackle football. Before we get started, it's important to understand what a concussion is and what they can cause. A concussion can occur when a jostling blow to the head is experienced. The brain is smacked against the cranium, bruising it sometimes twice on opposing sides. And while a secondary concussions caused when an additional concussion is suffered during the recovery of an existing one could be fatal and are very serious, concussion protocols on all levels of play almost always prevent this. Repeated concussions, as well as subconcussive blows, known as chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is abbreviated to CTE. CTE is a degenerative brain disease that causes serious and long-term cognitive, memory, behavioral, and mood problems. A number of former NFL players diagnosed with CTE were also diagnosed with depression or were domestically abusive. The movie Concussion, starring Will Smith, chillingly and realistically shows this with Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Fame center Iron Mike Webster. Webster, who was the first confirmed case of CTE, killed himself in his truck, broke and alone, at age 50. It also shows former player Justin Strelschek, who surprised himself with sudden outspurts of rage on his wife and children before recklessly driving and dying in an accident at 36. This disease is diagnosed after death and only manifests after multiple years of concussions and blows to the head. The debate is whether children should have those years limited for their safety later in life. The demographic of tackle football players ages 13 and below are the source of intense controversy. People against children playing tackle football relate the dangers of the sport to the risk of secondhand smoke and lead-based paint. The intensity and inherently violent nature of the sport include frequent blows to the head that prove more detrimental to children than high schoolers and adults. For advocates of banning tackle football until age 13 or 14, a few facts sustain. One being that children can suffer concussions at collisions of lower velocity than their adult counterparts. Weaker neck muscles and heads that are larger in proportion to their body account for this fact. In addition to this, concussions prove to be more harmful to a child because of their brain development. Brain neurons are wrapped in a protective protein coat called myelin. In children, this myelin sheath is still growing and a concussion can hinder this development. A Washington Post article cites a Boston University CTE Center study about youth tackle football saying that starting as a player in tackle football league before age 12 corresponded with increased odds for clinical depression, apathy, and executive function problems. For example, diminished insight, judgment, and multitasking. Another harrowing statistic that needs to be addressed is that those in the study who played before age 12 experienced cognitive deficits, also behavioral and mood problems, a full 13 years earlier than those starting at 12 or older. That's two and a half years earlier for each year a player's first season was before age 12. Finally, one of the most unfortunate facts of football is that no helmet today can prevent a concussion 100% of the time. But with this final strength of the against camp comes the first weakness. The more popular football gets, the more prevalent long-term injuries are in the public eye. This increased attention leads to progress and safety measures. New helmets with innovations and shock absorption are only getting more common. It is also promising that the most competitive attribute among different helmet companies such as Rydell, Shut, Zenith, and Vissies is how well it protects players. Along with equipment, 
technique changes will be soon to follow. A statistic commonly left out in articles against youth tackle football is that among 2.5 million children playing football ages 8 to 13, the vast majority of them simply are not diagnosed with CTE or cognitive and behavioral issues. The Boston University study only examined about 200 former players that ended up with brain issues, and in a video from CBS News, a youth football coach explains that the game is being made safer with rule, regulation, coaching, and technique improvements. Now, it's my belief that despite the issues with the game that pose dangers for today's youth, the game should be enjoyed in its greatness for all ages. A commonly overlooked fact in the argument of banning tackle football at young ages is that football is extremely popular in the very demographics that could stand to lose this sport. I know personally that every recess in elementary school where a game of football was played, tackle football would have been the choice if not for teachers regulating the game to two-hand touch. And while it's obvious that children aren't slamming heads on the playground, Taking away tackle football for children could be detrimental to the game itself. It's very feasible that children watching intense tackle football on television, yet being told it's too dangerous for themselves, could alienate the game as a gladiator sport. Another reason to keep football for children are the positive effects the game has on character. A good coach can teach values to their players that will stick with them for life. Virtues such as perseverance, how to lose with grace, mental and physical toughness, sportsmanship, and camaraderie can all be taught from football. Also important in today's America, is a need for more active children. Obesity rates are becoming a more prevalent problem in this country, and football is one of the most inclusive sports for youth. With 11 positions on the offense and 11 on the defense, there is a spot for kids of all sizes. The bigger kids can play on the line, or the quicker kids can play other positions. In addition to including more kids in the game, youth football is a perfect place to instill fundamentals into future high school and collegiate athletes. The fundamentals taught before high school competition leads to a more competitive and safer game. During my time in Flathead Valley Little Guy football from fourth to sixth grade, the fields were smaller, the playbooks were standardized among teams, and Flathead Valley football officials were on field alongside referees with the sole job to ensure competitiveness, fairness, safety, and development. The future of youth football will depend on how it can address safety issues latent within the game. Luckily for football lovers, there is promising news in the name of safety. Rule and game changes from the top down are being implemented into the game. For example, at the NFL level, leading with the crown of the helmet on defenseless players leads to personal fouls. In college, the targeting penalty aims to remove players from the game that use their head or aim for another's. And leagues with the youngest players, such as under 13 years old, see the biggest change in the name of safety. An article by Very Well Family points out what popular youth league Pop Warner is doing to promote player safety. Pop Warner forms teams based on players' ages and weights in an effort to reduce lopsided matchups between opposing players. The league also introduced changes in 2012 to try to improve player safety. It disallowed full-speed head-on blocking or tackling drills in which players line up more than three yards apart and reduced the amount of contact to a maximum of one-third of practice time. For example, no more than 40 minutes of a two-hour practice can include scrimmages or drills that involve player-to-player -player contact. Initial research supports the success of these rule changes. The article also tells about a league by USA Football called Modified Tackle, which serves as a bridge between flag and tackle football. Team sizes are smaller, the fields are smaller, players start in two-point stances with centers left uncovered, no blitzing is permitted, and no special team plays are in the game. This removes a dangerous kickoff. Parents will have options for their child with flag football leagues gaining popularity and being endorsed by NFL players like Drew Brees. Flag football offers an alternative where players grab flags instead of each other. Finally, there is a simple set of measures every parent should take should their child want to play tackle football. An article by CHOC Children's associated with UC Irvine says that every parent should learn the youth concussion laws in their state, make sure their child is being taught a heads-up tackling technique, 
get a baseline neurocognitive test such as impact testing, ensure their child has up-to-date and well-fitted equipment, know the signs of concussions and teach those signs of their child, and follow all doctor's orders should a concussion occur. There are simply too many safety measures and developmental advancements for children playing football to take it away. Health issues later in life are being eliminated with how the game is being played today. The bottom line is that kids playing football, and all sports for that matter, are healthier than kids that don't. The obesity epidemic means getting kids outside and active is getting more and more important in America. Keeping a very inclusive sport in business should be a goal for health officials. Banning it would prove detrimental to American youth and an American pastime. Got the queen of all my dreams.